Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? My name is Tim McCarthy, and you're tuning in to another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. Today, I have Stephanie Simpson, who's an artist, coach, educator, and speaker. Stephanie assists others to reach their great greatest potential with the connection between the mind, body, and spirit. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm better than okay, but I'm doing pretty good. Okay. You're just doing okay? Yeah, you know, I've been tired a lot recently. I think just like let and there's a lot of changes going on in life, so I'm being honest and just, you know, checking in with my body and so it's like it's okay. I'm feeling a little more awake today, which is good. Um, but I've been resting a lot recently, letting letting things just kind of release. I like the honesty because everyone's always like, good, great. But deep down, they're like, I'm having the worst day. I don't want to do this interview. Right. That's yeah. all that. I, I'm pretty honest too, but I am doing good right now. We just had our game of rock, That's paper, great. scissors, and uh, I ended up taking the victory. So I'm doing better. <laughs> and I'm mourning the loss, so yeah. you know, so I'm just okay. It makes sense. Um, you do have a lot going on. I feel like you're a Jill of all trades, not a Jack of all trades. You know, oh, uh, it oh, seems because yeah. uh, you're working with clients on of finance, health, and startups, which is so many different things at once. Um, then you've danced. I don't know if you still dance. You're doing yoga. How do you find? Like, how do you find the time with all these titles? Like, what does a normal day or even week look like for you with all that? Yeah. So, um, so to me, they actually all like just, they're all me. And then it's all the different things that I have done that have helped to regulate my mind, body, and spirit. And then realizing like, Oh, there are other people that need this. And then that's how like my business formed. So that's, and then I just, I saw that there was a need in all of those different areas, but on a, a given day, like I'll say today, for example, Um, I started my day with my normal morning, um, silent sit that I do on zoom with a company in, or an organization in Connecticut called Copper beach Institute. And it's a meditation center retreat center. And and during COVID they shifted everything online. And so I found them during COVID and it's been wonderful because Monday through Friday at 7 30 AM, we all come together on zoom and we just sit in silence together and meditate. So I start my day off that way. And then um, on a day like today, I then taught yoga for two hours in the morning. And so, um, which I love doing and, um, it was all through zoom cause we're still in these COVID times. Uh, and then from there, you know, did some of like my business stuff on the back end, got ready for this. And then this afternoon and evening I have client calls. So it kind of all comes together. I mean, the dance part, maybe not today, but, um, on other days, you know, then, maybe one of the things that I'm doing with a client is actually dance related, or if I'm working on a project, um, for dance and theater, then that becomes something in the afternoon. Um, I used to teach dance full time. So that was a big part of my life. Now I've stepped, 
back from teaching full time and actually getting back to my creative dance practice. So going and taking classes again, which was both terrifying and exciting. Um, so that's kind of how they all come together. You're not a napper, are you? You don't take a lot of naps, do you? Oh, no, I do. I actually do. Um, and when I say I've been resting a lot, the last month, I could not make it through the day without taking at least a like 30 to 45 minute nap. Um, and I just make sure to time them out. And, and I am good in the sense that I could take like a 20, 25 minute nap and then get up and feel much better. So I do nap sometimes. I'm a big napper. I love a good power nap. I like, I'm like a house cat where I take a quick nap and I could bomb around and I take another one. It's, it's the only <laughs> way I survive. It's, it's brutal. Um, now explain your business a little bit. Do you have a name behind it or just you? Like you're the business. It, it's me, which is another like interesting question. Cause I've thought about like, do I change it? Do I not? Um, but it's just, it's Stephanie Simpson coaching. It may shift at some point to Stephanie Simpson consulting as I continue to like finesse the different, um, services and offerings I have, but it is, it's just, it's my name. Um, which right now feels like the most authentic because it is me taking all of my knowledge and expertise and the work that I have done and, and then giving it to others in various forms. So whether that's one-to-one with a client, um, whether that's one-to-one with business like leaders, CEOs, managers, whether that's with groups and teams. Um, I, I love working with like departments and trying to get them all to work cohesively together. And sometimes it looks like me coming in and just doing workshops and speaking. Sometimes it's coaching. Um, sometimes it's speaking. Uh, it's all it's all over the place and getting more into writing and and things like that as well. Did you grow up really busy? Did you always stay busy with things going on? Yes. Yes. I can sense that. What was your thing back in the day growing up? Oh, well, I started dancing. dancing. Yeah. Well, I I started. (laughs) Okay. You don't hear about that. Um, I played sports. So there was like my, my life kind of was like dance sports. Um, and then theater slash musical theater. So like voice lessons, acting classes, dance, which were all separate, then doing shows, but then also doing sports. And I think, yeah, I played a sport every season. And then on top of that, like academics were really important to me. So making sure that I was staying on top of my schoolwork and being involved in like clubs and, and things of that nature, which is funny because I was definitely overscheduled. Right. So when I went to college and all of a sudden there wasn't like things scheduled on the weekends and the college I originally went to, everyone left on the weekends because it was a big state school, but I wasn't an in-state student. And I had, that was probably one of the first times I like had this kind of like identity crisis of like, what do I do with my time? Like there, and, and then being still was really hard for me, which has become in the most recent years, the practice that I'm working on is how can you be still, how can you not be doing something all the time? Right. Now, did you know you wanted to get into what you're doing now in college or did you have a different major? Oh yeah. So I went to school originally for dance being like, I'm going to be a choreographer and stuff, which I've done. I then transferred to a school, ended up in Boston and went for TV video production, decided that I liked that, but I missed dance. So then I made my own major. Um, we're getting a trend of the overachiever thing going on. Um, and, um, and then through there I was like, okay, we'll, we'll figure out how this works. 
I will say that deep down, I've always wanted to like perform on Broadway or direct or choreograph a Broadway show. Um, I got really into like film and television and would love to still do something in that way though. It was just like being creative, performing things of that nature that, and I did that for a while and I still do that. I took myself out of it the last like eight years because I went into teaching, um, which is then when I found a lot more about coaching and stuff, which now shifting back into being my own boss and being able to have my own schedule. Um, I'm excited to be able to come back to like the creative part of my life as well. What was uh, your favorite Broadway show to go to? Oh, that is the hard question. See, I come with the questions. I come with them. Because <laughs> there's different categories. Oh, wow. So like, um, what, what would your Mount Rushmore be in Broadway musicals? So I always say Les Mis is a big one for me because it's the first musical my parents brought my sister and I to at way too young of an age. So that holds like a very special place in my heart. Um, so that's one. I will say that Hamilton, I think is a really fun show to see and it's just brilliant in every way. And I've seen it a couple of times and every single time I see it, I notice something new. The choreography in that show by Andy Blankenbuehler is just amazing. Like it's so good. Um, and just the way that everything is put together, it's just, it is like a masterpiece. And then, you know, the show that comes up a lot just because it was a pivotal moment of me deciding to leave the college I was at was 42nd Street. And um, I knew that I wasn't quite at the right school my freshman year of college, but there was a lot of like guilt and shame of like having to say that I'd made a mistake. I made the wrong choice and like having to leave and all my friends seemed so happy with their decisions and felt like a failure and all this sort of stuff. And I remember seeing that coming to New York and seeing that show and just being like, yeah, no, there's something like I want to do that. And I need to open myself up to that more. And what I was studying in dance where I was, was not that. And so I was like, I got to make a change. And the change didn't end up being what I wanted it to be. Um, though it ended up being a really great change. And then I got a chance to do 42nd street when I lived out in LA with one of the original cast members directing and choreographing it and with the original sets and costumes and everything like that. And that was just like one of those experiences where you're like, wait a second, I'm like kind of living my dream right now and like getting to do the thing that I remember sitting there and watching, um, on a Broadway stage. So I would say those are the three that come to mind right now as being really influential to right. me. I, uh, I think I've only seen like one or two in my day. And one of them was the evil dead horror movie one Broadway. I don't know how I went there. I, yeah, it's super random. And then is Miss Saigon one. I remember my mom loved yes. that one as a, like when I was yeah. younger, she, she yeah. would rock that t-shirt hard and I just never understood. Oh, it was a big, well, when we were younger, that was a big one. Um, that was one of those big blockbuster. There was a period of time in musical theater history where like these blockbuster musicals. And that was one because they brought a freaking helicopter yeah. on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's innovative. I've always wanted to see the book of Mormon too. I know uh, Hamilton's oh, huge, but it's the very book good. Mormon, oh, you've seen it. Oh, I've seen it three times. I think. Oh man. So you're like a you're Broadway good. to the bone. Like you said, oh, I mean, one of my major like issues during COVID was that I didn't know who I was anymore. Cause I didn't, I couldn't go see a Broadway show. We still can't. I mean, Broadway will come back soon, but still not back. Fully. Right. Maybe they'll do a COVID Broadway musical somehow. Maybe come up with it. 
yeah, maybe. COVID mask. Any, anyone's listening and wants to and wants to write that, I'll direct and choreograph it. And I'll go. <laughs> and I'll go. Um, so you came out with the 21 day stress management workbook, which is described as a holistic interactive guide to redefine your relationship with stress. What does that exactly mean or holistic? Because I don't really hear that word too much. Yeah. So um, great question. So I well, I guess I didn't realize I was stressed out for a while until I started like getting slower, slowing my life down and getting more still and realizing that not only was I like overwhelmed and stressed out, though, I also had a lot of anxiety. I just didn't know to call it that because no one talked about it, um, growing up. And, um, and like in theater, we would talk about it as like, Oh, performance anxiety. You're getting like nervous. Cause you're going on stage though. There was definitely a lot of things that were underneath that. And so when I, I ended up going to, um, get my MFA in dance performance and choreography, uh, now almost like 10, 10 years ago. And was really interested to dive deep into my thesis around like, why do we not show up optimally when we're in these high intensity situations? And what I started realizing was like fear got in the way. And so that was really the first like path that I took of like, how can we figure out how to redefine our relationship with fear so that it works with us and for us and not against us. And I started realizing there was this big connection between what was going on in our mind and what would happen with our body. And at the time there wasn't a lot of information around this in, um, the arts world, but there's an entire field called sports psychology. And I grew up playing sports. Like I said, I, um, come from a very sports-minded family. And so I was like, oh, this will be interesting. Let me um, dive into this. And at, at, the mo- at the time I was doing this, I was also really fortunate to have connections with some high-level basketball coaches, one being one of the coaches at UConn right before um, Kemba Walker's uh, team won the NCAA. And I remember going to one of their practices and talking to Jim Calhoun and him telling me why they were doing certain drills. And it wasn't just for the physical, it was more for the mental. And he was explaining all the different things that they do. And that really a lot of his coaching is from a mental place. And I was like, this is what I want to do for performers. So I did this whole thesis on the mind body connection. How can we coach performers in a one-to-one setting and a group setting for them to be able to perform, whether it's in a dance piece or a musical or anything like that. Cut to many years later, I started getting deeper into my own spiritual practice, getting deeper into yoga and meditation, understanding energy and energy systems and all of that and started realizing, oh, it's not just mind-body, it's mind-body-spirit. And that really when we take a holistic perspective from things, we're seeing it from all those perspectives, not just the mind, not just the body, not just the spirit, but everything. And as I continued my work, I started realizing, oh, it's not just me that feels overwhelmed and stressed out. Like literally the world is. And all I kept hearing from colleagues and students and friends was, oh, I'm just so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. And I kept thinking to myself, like, are we actually stressed out or are we just saying that? And why aren't we doing anything about it? It was almost like it was a badge of honor. Like, well, and then people would do that like tit for tat thing. Well, I've got this. Well, I've got that. Well, I've got, and I was like, well, that's not helping anyone. Like, (laughs) like this isn't doing anything. And how can we break this cycle? And so I ended up going back to grad school again, um, this time studying clinical, (laughs) of course, this time 
uh, studying clinical psychology with an emphasis in spirituality, mind, body, which was really important to me that a program already recognized that this is a thing. Um, and it was one of my dream schools. So it was like the universe just like came together. And when I was there, I also did a lot of work in their organizational psych program and their adult learning and leadership program. And this was all at, uh, Columbia university teachers college. And I started talking to people in like HR and all of that, that were there for org psych and realizing, oh, this is still an issue. So how can we create better work environments? How can we have people feel better about themselves. And I was like, Oh, maybe stress is the way in. And so I really looked at stress and my thesis ended up being this workbook. And I wanted to be able to provide people with a myriad of tools because what I found for myself was like, yeah, today meditating might've really helped me, but tomorrow maybe my brain doesn't want to sit down and like do that. So maybe I need to like do something physical. Maybe I need to go on a walk or maybe like I need to actually sit down with my thoughts and have tools that will help me to like, like parcel out which ones are real and which ones aren't. Right. And like, maybe I just need to breathe. And so I was like, well, what if I just created something that had all of these tools here from this different perspective? So there's seven different categories and you get three different tools for each category. And then I was like, oh, this is an ongoing thing. It's not just like, I feel stressed out. I need to do something now. Like it is a practice. Like we have the ability to redefine our relationship with stress because stress is really just our perceived, we perceive a threat. We perceive something as threatening. Well, we can change our perception whenever we want, but it takes practice. So I was like, well, this needs to be something that people can do on a daily basis and they need to be able to do it both in and out of the workplace. Like Um, I did so many like client interviews and stuff and people were like, well, yeah, like sometimes I can go to yoga during lunch, but like, I can't do that every day. And I'm like, of course you can't. And also I hope you're eating. (laughs) So every tool in the book is also anywhere from one to 10 minutes so that it doesn't take up 45 minutes of your day and things that you can practice whenever throughout the day, multiple times. And by the end of the 21 days, my hope is that first and foremost, people understand that just taking the time for yourself for even one to five minutes is a huge shift and just an act of self-love and care. And now they have 21 different tools that they can like tap into whenever they need to. Now I have a question. It might be difficult to uh, ask this because I'm I'm trying to get my words together for this. So I'm a very like scheduled person. I feel like you might be too, because how busy you are. So you were saying that Mm -hmm. every day can kind of be different. Like you might need to rest your mind, your body. Now say, that person wanted to do yoga that day and wanted to set aside 10 minutes, but the next day it wasn't like, how do you, how do you adapt to how you're feeling that day with the, with the books, with the 21, with the 21 odd days? Yeah. Great. So, so that's a great question because, yep. Yeah. Because, um, because I think that's a good clarity is that like I've laid out a structure, but it doesn't need to stay that structure, right? Like at the beginning of the, the book, it gives you like a calendar of just like day one, day two, day like that sort of thing. But you could jump around if you wanted to. Right. And, um, I, I actually teach just stress management at one of the, um, city universities here in New York. And it's one of their assignments in the class. And it's so funny because they have to write a a reflection afterwards. And many of the students are like, Oh my God, a three week assignment. And then this, and then that. And I tell them, I want you to be honest. Like, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If you're like, this was terrible. This was crap. Or like, I hated like 
days three through 12. Like that doesn't matter to me. And all of them come back except for maybe two or three and go, wow, that was a lot better than I thought it was like, and yeah, not everything resonated with me, but it allowed me to try different things. And there are certain aspects of it. Like one of them is perspective. And so it's just asking you to ask your question, yourself questions that maybe you wouldn't have asked yourself that help you to redirect. Um, one of them's around values, which a lot of times we don't actually sit down and think about what are our values. And that's really important because when we don't live in alignment with our values, we create a lot of distress and dis-ease and suffering. So if we can get clear on our values and then take actions that align with those, those values, you create more freedom and, and vibrancy in your life. What are some of your values? This is great. I love this. So <laughs> authenticity, <laughs> authenticity, um, and, uh, authenticity because I truly, I'm working on trying to be my most authentic self and full self in, uh, every aspect of my life. Uh, and I've noticed that, and I just had a conversation with someone recently about this, where I was like, one of the things I think COVID did that was really great for us was it taught us that you can't be one person at work and a different person at home. And then a different person with your friends and a different person with your significant other, like it, that doesn't work. Like it's exhausting. And I was saying this yeah, and somebody is. goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was saying this and someone overheard it actually, um, it was at the 4th of July party and she was like, yeah, that's what burnt me out. Like I was different people. And I was like, yeah, we need to create spaces where people can feel encouraged and supported to be their authentic self, wherever they are. It's going to free up a lot of their, their energy that they're wasting trying to be different people. Yet a lot of people don't know who they actually are. And that's scary to do that work. Right. So authenticity, because I always like to say, I, I don't want any, I will not ask anybody to do anything. I'm not willing to do first. Um, so I try to be authentic all the time. Um, and then I, and then the other, like two, I would say one of them is creativity. Um, I'm always trying to tap into my own creativity. I think creativity looks different to everybody, but we are all creative people. And a lot of us have lost that. So whether it's, you know, me having a solo dance party in my apartment, whether it's going to a show, whether it's reading and getting excited to write something of my own, um, whether it's painting and I don't consider myself a good painter, but I have fun doing it. And then the last one I would say is like, one of my values would be like spirituality and being, uh, honest with, again, the authenticity comes in, but being honest with myself, um, having this connection to a greater power, which I think also is connection with other people, like, and really creating those deep, authentic relationships with people in my life. I felt I had troubles thinking I was creative and someone was like, Hey, you do a podcast that's creative. I'm like, Oh yeah. Shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what comes up with a lot of my business clients, a lot of male business clients are like, I'm not creative. And I was like, let me see the spreadsheet you just put together. Right. And then this spreadsheet is like blinking and multiple colors and they get so excited. They're like, this happened. And, this. and I'm like, yeah, that's you tapping into your creative being like, right. You had to like, think about how this spreadsheet would look a certain way and how is it going to work? You just think critically and then you put it all together. I can't do that. Like I literally don't even know how to use Excel very well. Who, who does? Honestly, who does? If you know how to, I mean, I've seen some, 
I've seen some beautiful Excel sheets from clients where I'm like, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, they're on the same line as a magician. I'm like, I'm always like, oh, good yeah. job. That's great. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm creative in a way like by default because I have ADHD. So like my mind's always like coming up with ideas or like putting in different things in perspective. doesn't mean it's a smart mm -hmm. perspective, but I always try to pick something from different angles. I always like to do that. So I think, I think guys are tough with creativity because they just think, like, I feel like a lot of us may, might think just black and white. It's like, well, I think creative is more like what you said, like painting. I feel like that's creative. Mm -hmm. Like an Excel mm -hmm. spreadsheet, I would not think that was like creative. I would just think that was like very tedious and ADHD in an aspect or OCD or something like that. Yeah. Well, you're not alone in thinking that. And actually, I was just interviewed um, recently. And one of the questions was like, what would be a dream movement that you could create? And I was like, I would love to create something that and I'm trying to do that, but like arts education for adults, because I, exactly what you just said about how many people think that creativity is doing something like really well in the arts, right? right? Like whether it's like, oh, you're a really good musician or you're a singer or you're a dancer or you're a artist, like a, a painter. And that's not the case in arts education, like that philosophy is looking at how you could do exactly what you just said, how you can take all these different things and find a new perspective. How does it relate to you? How does it allow you to now relate with somebody else? And that's something I think is really missing in our world. Um, and creativity can show up in any sort of way. So I would love to be able to bring an arts education philosophy to adults, especially in the workplace. Cause I think it would change the way that they see themselves and they see each other in a magical way. You can tell how passionate you are about this, and it's really good because you're authentic. <laughs> See, thank cool. you. Now, how? Do, okay, so like you come out with this book, but how do you deal with stress? Do you, like, do you get stressed out? Like, do you turn to something? Like, I know you have oh, all these, yeah. you have all these different methods of yourself with like yoga, dance, yoga, yoga, mm -hmm. dance, all that. I feel like also too. I feel like mm -hmm. people that are peaceful and spiritual yoga is like where it's at like that's the first thing i got into when i was like trying to get in shape and it is like relaxing mm -hmm. stretching's great as a short guy i feel like i'm getting taller when i stretch sometimes well you are you literally are that's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know <laughs> <laughs> like when i i had the same thing when i started yoga and then went through my teacher training i then went to the doctor and they're like you grew and i was like it's the yoga and it is because what you're doing is you're you're learning how to lengthen your spine and then you're learning how to um take the supporting muscles and actually hold your spine where it's supposed to be <laughs> which also allows for you to have less pain in your body because you're actually stacking things correctly and using the correct muscles and yoga is all also about like where is the strength and where's the flexibility right where's the stability where's the mobility and so finding your core to be that strength, understanding how the core and the pelvic floor, which we never talk about a lot in real, real life, but in yoga, hopefully they are, how that holds you to then allow for all the other parts of your body to be more free and stacking things correctly. And so a lot of people use, a lot of people don't sit or stand, you know, correctly. And so then that creates bad patterns in their body. Oh, yeah. um, and it's hard to break those. And then also you're overusing certain muscles. And when you're overusing muscles, that also causes pain, right? Um, and the stretching, going back to stress, 
part of one of the ways to release the stress cycle in your body is to move your body and to stretch because it physiologically allows for the stress cycle to, to finally leave and the catabolic hormones to leave your, your body. When you don't do that and they stay in your body, like cortisol, adrenaline, then it's continuously tearing down your systems. And so then it leads to you getting sick or an illness or things like that. I always knew that like uh, working out was always great for stress, or, like getting up, going for a walk, moving your body. But sometimes you're just like, I don't want to do that. And it's so hard. That's the hardest part is getting to start. Everyone says like the gym, the hardest part is just going. That is the hardest part. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you asked me what I do for my stress. So yes. I do a lot of things. <laughs> so, I mean, starting off my day with meditation. Yeah has become such a non-negotiable for me um, because that is a way for me to start my day with myself, breathe. Now, some days my mind is going everywhere, right? And so if that's happening, I just try to consistently come back to my breath. If I find that like that's not working and that my mind really needs something, then I'll choose a different anchor. So whenever I'm teaching people about meditation, I talk about an anchor point. So a lot of times it's your breath. But sometimes it can be a mantra or your or something in your mind. So if my mind is really not stopping, I'm like, great, I'm going to give you something to do. And I will take a mantra that I've been using or working with or something I want to like manifest or put out in the world. And I'll just repeat that mantra over and over again. Because now I've given my brain something to do other than worry about what happened in the past and like ruminating over, I shouldn't have said that, or why did I do that? Or freaking out about the future and being like, Oh my God, what's going to happen here? And what is it? Right. That doesn't help. And that's usually where my mind is either in the past or in the future. So if I can come back to the present moment, give my mind something to anchor on and then like check in with my body and my breath, that's like how I like to start my day. Then I feel at least I've done it one thing for myself. And if all hell breaks loose after that, well, at least I started off well. Then from there, I've gotten better. I'm still not great at it. It's just like taking it one moment at a time. Um, uh, I have, I mean, one of the reasons I decided that I wanted to really leave where I was full time was that I wanted more autonomy over my own schedule. And I wanted more autonomy over my space and the energy that I was allowing into my space. And therefore the energy I was giving to other people. And it just got too much for me after a while. So I've realized I need a lot of alone time. Um, and, and with that has come me learning how to create better boundaries for myself. And I always say creating the boundaries hard, maintaining the boundaries even harder, um, especially if it's a shift with other people. Uh, and then when nothing is working, like literally nothing is working, which happened to me the other day, like I could not get out of my head. I was like, I was physically somewhere listening to music, which I love listening to live music, which we haven't been able to do in a while. Right. Yeah. And I was like, this is exciting. I'm so excited about it. I'm outside. I'm near water, which is also one of my things is like water and waves and everything. And I still could not get out of my head. I couldn't get out of my body or anything like that. And I was like, now's the time to reach out to somebody. And so I belong to a group of really fabulous women. Um, and it's facilitated by one of my dearest friends. And I messaged the group and I was like, I need help. This is what I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling. And within like 10, 15 minutes, three people had commented and then I, and I didn't feel alone anymore. So as much as, as much as we may, as much as a lot of this work is internal and feels really individual and alone, 
we also are not alone and there are people we can reach out to. And so that, that helps me a lot too, when I get really stressed is to be able to talk to people that are safe people to talk to, um, and who know how to like hold the space for you and acknowledge what you're going through and validate what you're going through. Um, and then remind you that, you know, this is a moment, this is a season it'll pass and we love you. Uh, having a good support system is key, uh, mental health and anything. It's, it's perfect. It is kind of tough to get that because you have to put trust in other people, but yeah, I agree that having mm -hmm. a support system is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So with your book, what are, what are people saying that, that buy it? What do they love about it? What is, what is, what are they saying? What's hot in the streets with your book right now? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it kind of gives an accountability that they haven't had before. Right. Cause there's like, Oh, there's this thing that I should be doing. Right. Yeah. And normally I don't like when people say like, should be doing, like, I would like you to want to do it, but sometimes you have to get into the practice. Right. So the first thing they say is like, having something that like became part of like my practice and my routine and my ritual, um, was really helpful because the first, one of the things that's hard for people is to create, to create change is that it doesn't happen in one moment. Like it's, it's small incremental steps over and over. Right. And so this helps them to keep themselves accountable. Right. So that'd be the first thing. The second thing is people don't realize, um, that stress is held in their body as much as, as much as it is. And so going through the different exercises, um, they're like, wow, I didn't realize that my shoulders were so tense. I didn't realize that I don't ever release in my low belly because I just, it's all knots. Um, for other people, they'll say things like, I never thought I could meditate or anything like that. And so the breathing exercises really helped me. Um, you know, fear holds a lot of people back from doing things that would be really helpful for them. Oh, right. Yeah. Like being afraid to ask somebody like, well, how do you meditate? Or like, is it okay that when I try to meditate, like my brain is all over the place? Like, am I doing it wrong? Like if people would ask that they would realize like, oh yeah, no, that's really normal. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> and, and then also like breathing, like, well, yeah, I breathe every day. Oh, I didn't realize there were ways in which I could intentionally breathe that are literally going to physically change the way I feel. Like, I don't think people realize that. And so this helps them to do that. And then people don't realize they're creative, that there's a whole section yeah. on creativity and people don't realize that. And they're like, actually, I forgot that I really love writing poetry. Great. Please do that. Like we need more of that. So it reminds them of, um, it reminds them of a lot of who they actually are right inside and it gives them permission to do those things. And so, um, and it gives them permission to say, I didn't really like that one. I don't want to do that one. Yeah. And that's okay too. <laughs> I always forget to breathe when I'm driving to like work. I'm like stressed out because of work. Then I'm just like, <gasps> like you just forget. And like, that is not good. Um, like when you no. do that and I hate it too. It's like, Hey, just like if I'm in a bad mood or stressed out, like just breathe. And you're like, no. And then you like walk away like that. Yeah, I should be breathing right now. Like you just, I get so stubborn about it and it, it legit works. Yeah. Well, you know, bringing back to dance, for whatever reason, dancers do not breathe very well. Like I would go through an entire like dance combination and be like, I did not breathe during that. I mean, I had to, I guess at some point, but like, I would be like so fatigued at the end. And I was like, what would happen if I just 
was breathing during this, it would probably be a lot easier. And it is. <laughs> it's. I think it's tough for, for me at first was like concentrating on my breathing for certain activities with sports and being like, wait, am I doing something right? Like trying to juggle it. And I would like try to be super hyper focused on one and kind of forget. But yeah, it does take practice with, with doing that. Mm-hmm. With the, um, the 21 day stress management workbook, where can people find that? Yes, yeah, so you can get it on my website, um, which is just www.stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E dash Simpson, S-I-M-P-S-O-N.com. And then if you go under where it says, uh, like work for me coaching, they'll tell, it'll say like all I do for coaching and you can click on stress and anxiety and the, the workbook comes up, it talks a little about it. And then there's a way to buy it just off the website. And then there's also ways for people to connect with me. I always start with like a free, I call them discovery calls. Um, so if anyone's like interested in, in just learning more about what coaching would look like, or, um, they have something that they're like, I don't know, like maybe coaching would help out with this or any of that. They can always book a 30 minute free discovery call with me and we can connect more on that. Now you do one-on-one with clients and what you do groups and teams. Yeah. So I do one-on-ones, um, both like in the workplace and out of the workplace. So I have clients who just find me who are like, I want, you know, I want to work on X, Y, and Z. And then I have clients who their company, you know, contracts me out for one-to-one sessions. And then I also work with, um, companies and businesses on, you know, how they want to really create their environment to be a more sustainable, thriving environment, whether that's through leadership development trainings. And I do those, whether it's through group things. So I'm trained in something called the, um, energy leadership framework. And, uh, there's an assessment that goes along with that, which is super powerful because it shows you how you're currently using the different levels of energy on a good day. And then how you're using it when you're in your stress reaction. And so it's wonderful to see these charts like side by side and be like, oh, wow, I'm like really good in my level five and six when I'm like doing my day and I'm in a great place and the world is working with me. And then as soon as my stress reaction, holy crap, I go all the way down to one and two. What is this about? Right. And you can do that with individuals and teams. So then we get like a team where we're like, wow, our team is resonating at level two no wonder everyone is stressed out and like we can't talk to each other and we're just fighting all the time. So I do programs with teams and groups where we start with the energy leadership, um, index assessment. We do a huge debrief on that. And then from that, we create goals together and then through coaching really help them get to where they want to be as a team. Um, and then I do wellness series. So whether that's like a lunch and learn for companies, um, Uh, whether it's me coming in and leading, um, breath workshops or mindfulness workshops or yoga workshops or anything like that. And talking about how it really understanding ourselves from this holistic perspective empowers us to be our true self, which is being a leader in our life. And when we can be an, an effective leader in our own life, then we can be a better leader with other people. And so to me, there's a big correlation between understanding how you work with your own stress and how you work with yourself and being an effective leader in the workplace with your significant other, with your family, all of that. You just like, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Like you're good at what you do and you know what you're doing. Now this is probably, this might be a dumb question. You're not, you're not just one general location. Like you would travel to certain businesses or just strictly on zoom. 
Um, so I do a bunch of things, right? So I'm based in New York city. So there's some clients I see in person if they're in New York, I have traveled to places too. Um, uh, and that is uh, an option. And then I do a lot through zoom though. The last year and a half, it's because we always had to do things through zoom. So, um, which is great because now it gives companies, um, different ways. And with right now going back into the workforce, right? Like it's, it's going to September and October are going to be a whole new ball game for many people. And they're going to be these hybrids where half the team's at home, half the team's in person. So it's a wonderful time for people to kind of reinvent how they want to do work together and how they want to be together. And so I, but myself want to be really adaptable to what is in service to the client and their needs. So with COVID, uh, it's perfect time to hire you for uh, one-on-ones, groups, everything. Just even just a chat, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Transitioning into a new, a new, a new world, as we're being told, and that can bring up a lot of stress. Yeah, oh, it hundred percent can. But I feel like the stress has subsided a little bit now that COVID has lifted with their, uh, with their rules, which is just great. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up a little bit. Uh, I usually ask this for all of my guests. I want to hear three things that you're grateful for. They can be out of the box. They can something that's going on. But what are three things that you're grateful for right now? Right now, well, the first thing is um, I'm really grateful for my body. Um, as I've gotten older and my body has changed and shifted, I just have such an appreciation for what it does for me on a daily basis and has really just changed the way, like what I put into my body, what I choose to do, like the amount of sleep I get going back to like resting and sleeping. So very grateful for my body. Um, this one, and it's just coming to me. So I feel like I need to say it. And it feels like at one point in my life, I'd be like, no, I'm not grateful for this, but I'm grateful for change, even though change is really hard. Um, and the last few months I have been going through some very big changes in all areas of my life. And in some moments I'm like, this is the most exciting thing ever. Like the world is my oyster. And then literally two minutes later, I can be like, Oh my God, what is happening? My world is crumbling. I like literally feel very back and forth and just all over the place. And I have just learned so much about myself and my own resilience, um, and strength. And a lot of that has to do with support from other people and all that. So change, um, cause it's helping me learn and grow and develop. Um, and a third thing, um, Oh gosh, there's so many things. So the third thing I, I have to say, like my support systems, especially during this change, because whether it's friends or family or my therapist, um, or my coach, cause coaches have coaches as well. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, you need those support systems to remind you when you're in kind of that dark hole that sometimes I can get into that, like they see your talents, they see your, your beauty, they see your magic and your gifts and they can remind you of that. And sometimes it's hard to accept it. Um, and, and be like, yeah, no, you're right. Though he not hearing that would not be helpful either, you know? So I'm very grateful for all of those spaces in my life that I do feel safe to be able to just fully be vulnerable and my true, complete, messy, authentic self, and then be like, and that's why you're amazing. 
and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's good because you're so successful doing great things. People forget just because you see that, that they're just always happy and they're not because we're all like in the same boat, um, just on the outside. You know what I mean? And like we are mm -hmm. vulnerable at times, but it can get tough and you're like, I can't show it right now depending on where you are. And you're just like, got to take time for yourself sometime. You know that. But Stephanie, I'm going to say something right now. I did not guess that those are going to be your three things for being grateful. I thought you were going to hit me with the mind, body, and spirit right there, the three things you were grateful for. So <laughs> I, I did say body. You did. I, did I was waiting. Body. I was like, oh, here it comes. But hey, I know you're grateful for all three of those as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I know you're a big music fan, like you were saying earlier. So I asked this too. It's like, what would your theme song be if you were like coming out or like just walking down to like a, a boxing ring or a wrestling ring? Like what would play for you? Can I say two different songs? Yeah, we'll do one. We'll just, do yeah, we'll do one if you're if you win, and then one that uh, like you walk out to. So let's do that. Okay. Well, the first thing that came to mind, so I'll go with the first one, is "Don't Stop Believing." I know it's kind of cheesy, but it really is one of bit. my like go to. <laughs> yes, it's incredibly cheesy. However, it just the associations I have with it remind me of just really great times. Also, like, well, it was put into a musical because they made a musical called Rock of, of Ages. So then, so then there's a musical theater version. And like, it just reminds me to, to never stop believing in whatever, right? Like, I think so many people, one of the things is that we, we forget that we can still have dreams at any age and we can still believe in them. And so it is really cheesy, but I'm a very cheesy person and I'm okay with that. Sorry. So that would be that would be one. Um, and then actually, so the other one, and now I'm noticing one of your posters behind you is the, um, the main theme from Jurassic park is my ringtone and is like such a big part of my life in such a weird way. And it, clever just, girl. <laughs> it just like, I don't know. It just gives me so much like like going to the gym, I used to like go on the like treadmill to it. When I was training for the marathon, I would have that on. And like, I don't know, there was something about it. I love John Williams as a composer. So, um, of course yeah, you ran a so marathon. Of course you ran a marathon. Why is that not surprising? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ran too, actually. If we're, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, <laughs> you know, brag a little, the New York city marathon twice. Wow, that's impressive. You're very impressive. But yes, I agree with movie theme songs. They can just like hit you so well. And like, yeah, I feel like yeah. the trend with Broadway, I feel like that type of music, it like it coincides. But remember when Jurassic yeah. Park came out, like how good it was, like visually, like even today, yes. it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved it. And then I think I saw the second one at a drive-in with my parents, which I love drive-in movies. And yeah. like, oh my God, yeah. I just, I was the girl like when... So when everybody had like their princess and stuff, um, sleepover, uh, what are the uh, sleeping bags? I had a land before time one because I just love dinosaurs. What's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> I mean, I do love the T-Rex. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, but then like, you know, like you have, um, what was in, in land before time? Wasn't Petrie a land before time? Or am I getting that mixed up with Fern Gully? Cause that's also, wow. Um, you're, you're doing some deep cuts on some old school shows. <laughs> I can't keep up right now with that. I, I remember the land before time. There was like nine of them. Um, yeah. I, I just remember them always being on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anything like, so yeah, John Williams, 
specifically Jurassic Park, though. The E.T. theme also gets me. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I love some good themes. I'm a Stegosaurus type of guy. I like that okay. one. It's, it's weird looking, but I like it. Um, and then pterodactyl, I just, I, I feel like we need to figure out how to really spell that. Cause I, I I'm not liking it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the word uh, Colonel and baloney. Those are the, like, we got to revisit those words, oh, yeah. spell them correctly. Yeah. Baloney. Definitely. I couldn't tell you how to spell it right now. It's Bologna, B-O-L-G-N-A. <laughs> and then Colonel, like, the, like, come on. Like, how does that work? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> definitely going off track a little bit. But uh, the 21-Day Stress Management Workbook, stephanie-simpson.com. That's correct? And then yeah, yeah it's going to be in the show notes. Yep. It's probably right in this video like I always do. And then where, yeah. they, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, so on Instagram, I'm Stephanie Simpson Coaching. Um, same on Facebook, Stephanie Simpson Coaching. And I think the same on LinkedIn. I think it's the same for all three of those. I'm not really, I technically am on Twitter, but I don't post on Twitter. So don't look for me there. Um, and if people are having a hard time finding things on the website, you can always DM me on any of those other three. Um, and I'll get back to you. Perfect. Stephanie Simpson, thank you so much for chatting me today. I had a lot of fun with you. Thank you for having me. I, I love what you're doing. It's so important. Um, and you're a great person to be doing it. So thank you. I appreciate it. Now we're going to go take our 20 minute power naps and go just kick today in the face. That's, that's right. I love it. All right, Stephanie, have a great day. <laughs> you too. Bye. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.